What up, what up, what up, San Antonio, Austin, Waco, Temple, Colleen, people up in the Shaw City, people down the whole 305 South Florida region, and my people down Laredo, you are tuned in here to the Monday edition of the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, Bartlett with a spin in the one and twos. We are broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios, and today's show is going to be presented by Dos Equis. All right, get a dose. 1-800-707-9760. Again, your number is 1-800-707-9760. If you know what you want to talk about, like always, it is open phone lines. Feel free to go ahead and give us a call. Anything that happened over the weekend, sports-related, that you want to bring to the airways, feel free to do that. And anything that we are discussing on the doctor today that you want to weigh in and give your opinion on, feel free to do that as well. We just ask you to be patient during the breaks and during the segments, and we'll get to the phone calls accordingly. Also, if you need to reach out to me, don't forget you can do that on Twitter. It's at Sports Grind if you need to follow me. And also, if you want to stream the show live, you can always go to the business Facebook page of Sports Grind Entertainment, or you can go to my personal page and you can go ahead and leave message there or stream the show there. And you can leave comments and I'll try to respond to those in real time. If not, I'll respond to them later. And if you ever miss any of uh, the episodes live, you can always go to Sports Grind online.com what's clark what's up man ready to rock and roll barlett how about them broncos yeah hook them yeah i know hey man it, it, it's 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 a hot mess uh not really in austin even though i'll get to that but yeah up in colorado we'll definitely uh get to that here sometime uh but before we get uh going uh real quick on um a serious note want to give thoughts and prayers out to uh the rush family um you know people that's from this region the 210 um you know russell rush you know was a peer i didn't get a chance to you know he was already you know we've been doing this or i should say i've been doing this for a long time so um you know we we crossed paths a few times. I mean, he would say, "Hey, what's up?" You know, say what's up to him. You know, heard a lot of great things about him. I mean, I know, you know, Salami even texted me over the weekend. Even he heard because I know, you know, and if, if people that's fortunate ever met Salami when he used to do the show. I mean, he know you know he's a guy that he don't open up to too many people or speak to too many people. Period. I mean, he's worse than me. You know, uh, but. You know, I know Salami said, hey, he used to always talk to him about Cardinals baseball. He's a Cardinals fan. So, uh, you know, lost his battle of cancer over the weekend. So just wanted to give my condolences and uh, thoughts and prayers out to his family through this difficult time. Um, definitely one of the good guys from everything I've heard and even the few encounters I've had with him um, here in, uh, in the industry, in the radio industry. So wanted to get that out of the way. Um, also... Sports wise. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff to get to always. You know how we do it here on Monday with the football recap college. We'll try to get most of the games probably tomorrow. We'll touch on a few here. Be NFL heavy. Uh, But we're continuing to roll through October. Okay, October. And we've got the World Series set and the Astros have punched their ticket in again for the fourth time, I think, in six years to the World Series. Um, by defeating and sweeping the Yankees. Um, before I get to um, the Yankees, the Astros, I will say this. Uh, there's more, more to this team and this organization than trash cans. 
Okay? Four out of six trips to the World Series ain't got nothing to do about beating on trash cans in the dugout. Um, I think there's only a few handful of guys that's still on this team that was on that team anyway. Uh, they've been pretty much one of the best baseball teams all year out of 162. Uh, their pitching really took it to another level in the postseason so far. I mean, they had one bad outing, and that was Justin Verlander's first start. And after that, it's pretty much lights out. Uh, so they're punched their ticket to another World Series. So props to the Astros. Um, you know, I know this is like – this is the run. The Astros are in the middle of the run, which what I thought and some other people thought that that Cubs team was going to be on. The one that, uh, you know, Epstein, my, one of my favorite GMs of all time, put together. You know, when you had that nucleus there, a lot of people thought this was going to be the run they would go on, you know, and they ca- especially when they cashed in the first one, the World Series. But it hadn't worked that way. That team got broken up. Not even the same team and no one's there anymore out of that team so the Astros you got to give them a lot of credit man and this front office I mean they're going to another World Series they've cashed in uh you know one uh definitely they're going to be the favorites over Philly you know Philly punched their ticket in I think there's something special about this Philly team I mean they won a little over 80 games this season I mean they got hot at the right time and they're pitching I haven't seen their pitching like this all season now I also put in the docket I think the Phillies are very close Bryce Harper is very close of paying back well I should say Bryce Harper is very close for the Phillies regaining all their investment a good return on investment he's 90% there I mean he got them to this point it's their first World Series in a long time Uh, he won the MVP he's hotter than fish grease Um, you know and this is why they paid that money when they went and got him and pried him from the nation's capital Uh, but you know Phillies I still think you know look on paper and the way they play Astros the better team I mean they are but I there's something about the Phillies I'm gonna wait a few days I mean I don't think we get this going till Friday so I've got a few days aside on who I'm really rolling with but I mean I'll tell you right now I'm probably going to be rolling with the Astros because Philly was none of those three or four teams I told you like three months ago I'd be surprised if they if one of these teams you know and didn't end up winning all Astros was part of that team Phillies wasn't so but I still want some time to think about the series but should be a good one Um, you know the Padres had a heck of a season you know what's going to be interesting to me with them um, is how are they going to be when their best player, Tatis, gets back off of PD suspension and his shoulder surgery? And the reason why I say that, because Manny Pachado, you know, when he got to the Padres and even there under Tatis, he's kind of played the shadow role. He's kind of been the background. And this is a guy that used to be one of my favorite ball players when he was with the Orioles. Um, I knew he always could ball. But if you look at the postseason he had, and he said it a few months ago, and he said it after the suspension when Tatis left the team, like, hey, I think I've been in leader bowl before. I think we'll be all right. And he backed it up. So it's going to be interesting to me how Tatis, well, first of all, has to regain trust of that clubhouse and how he reacts with a team that was pretty much you know, on the verge of going to the World Series. For the Yankees side, before we leave baseball, uh, they've got some big answers, uh, big questions to answer in this offseason, I should say. Um, and it's not, and, and to me, it's not just about Judge and his contract or what the teams are going to have to fight off from him. It's really about Boone, because I thought he should have been gone. He could have been gone last year. You know, that's just the pressure of the Yankees, I think, because he's family. That helps a lot because he hit one of the most famous home runs in, you know, Yankees postseason history. Plays a factor in that. But at the same time, I've always thought Cashman would survive. But then at the end of the day, I start looking at it I'm like, look, 
a guy that's not even a seam head, speaking of myself, and a guy that's nowhere qualified to be any type of GM. I never played rotisserie baseball or fantasy, let you know this, but I will, I'm the one that even told you looking at him. The Yankees were reminded me of that old Phoenix Suns team, the Mike D'Antoni teams in the early 2000s that basically was built to win 60 games, get the one seed, become postseason. They weren't built for the postseasoning. That's on Cashman. I mean, this is a team that is really built home run, long ball, or bust. It wasn't high on the pitching uh, for pretty much the all the year. There was something to that slide after the All-Star break, that big lead that they just saw dwindle. Uh, they backed into the postseason, and going up against a juggernaut like the Astros, they it showed. They got swept. And to me, I just feel there's there's something about the way the team is structured that they have to really take a look at. It, it has nothing to do, I mean, because you can outbuy everybody, you can outbid and just go buy everybody, but if you still, and that's what they've been doing, I mean, they've cut back on their spending a lot over the last five years or so, or even longer than that. But it just still comes down to what you're putting together. And to me, that's not a team that's built to handle when they run up against a good pitching staff in the postseason. If you're a Yankee fan or you're the Yankees, you play for championships. You got like, what, 27 of them, 28, something like that. You play for rings, man. It's not just about getting to the World Series or whatever, and I don't think that team's structure with judge or without judge is built to really make a run through the postseason 1-800-707-9760 what's up before we do get into the uh, move on from the world series setup really quick the the phillies and you talk about the the management changes that could happen with new york but you look at joe girardi getting fired back in june mm-hmm. what 22 and 29 start and how that just the the impact that that can have on a team and writing that energy and i was listening to an analysis earlier that said that this Philly squad could uh, reminded them of the last year's Atlanta Braves squad, just getting hot at the right time, having the right momentum. And, you know, same thing, eighty, you know, around eighty wins going into the postseason, and then just and just rolling through it. And they 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 like that uh, that option. Um. Yes, I I still say that you know um that is a comparison to me in my opinion they remind me more of a, a run that uh, even back in the day a long time ago that the Marlins made when they first won their World Series now you got look that was a, probably a more talented team than what the Phillies go if you look at some Josh Beckett you know uh, Miguel Cabrera guys back then but that was also a team that was a while back ago Jack McKinnon I think was the manager that was a long time but that was a team too that just came out of nowhere like man are they really gonna do this and they did it now that. Braves team, I understand the comparison, but I still think the Braves team is probably more talented than the Phillies. There's just something special going on in the Phillies. It has a lot to do with their intern manager. They love playing for them. They're going to have to really dig deep. I mean, they are swinging the long ball great. Bryce Harper is hot, uh, but that is a tough lineup for the Astros, and it's a tough uh, pitching staff, but it should be a great World Series. 1-800-707-9760. Moving on to college football before we get in NFL. few things over the weekend. Of course, starting in Austin, Texas goes down in Stillwater, uh, really dashing their hopes, in my opinion, for a chance at the Big 12 title game or Big 12 title period, especially if you look at what TCU has continued to do, who raced another deficit in the halftime. I mean, Kansas State, you know, I had them on the foundation. That's just a bad draw. I mean, they're onto the third string quarterback, get, got blanked out in the third or fourth quarter, 21 to zero. But that's two weeks in a row TCU has come back from behind to win. So back to the Longhorns. Look, this is, I, I mean, look, I see positive signs in regards to where the program is going with Sark. I still stand by what I said. I don't believe he, with his resume, he deserved the job, this type of job that Texas is. 
but I, but I, I I'm just not all gloom and doom. But I just keep going back to the conversations that were posted on my timeline and that was called about after the Alabama game, okay? In regards to hey, this and this, and I told you like there's no, there's no claiming and there's no nothing until Texas can really handle the Big Twelve. And I don't know if they're gonna do that by the time they exit. They only got like another season. They're supposed to bolt, bolt out here to the big boys. But Oklahoma State, I mean, you're sitting at three losses. I mean, two of those are Big 12 losses. One of them's to Alabama. But that's not, I mean, you, you've got to find a way to win that game. I mean, but Oklahoma State, I said it Friday, this is a big game for both of them. Oklahoma State for the Big 12 title game still alive. I think Texas took a big dip. I think Texas took a big dip. Um, also, college football, hey, um, Texas A&M, y'all's fan base has real, been real quiet. I mean, y'all used to be active. I know I'm not on Twitter as much or social media, but y'all used to be very active during the two to four. And, you know, when Jimbo got hired and came out with his cowboy boots over the G4, like, oh, I'm in Texas. And they paid him all the money. Let me tell you, it is grotesque. It is outright disgusting. Jimbo's comments in the post game would have lost to South Carolina. And I'm going to paraphrase you because I don't even know what the question was. But all I know is it came off of his lips. That, hey, it's not like we got blown off the field. It's not like we got blown out. Excuse me. South Carolina. Jimbo, do you, you think that's what they paid you for? Is to be competitive with South Carolina? That's been in a damn retool or re I've been searching for answers since Mil uh, must will champ uh, chump left. Come on. That we didn't get blown out. That's your reply. Look, fun fact for you. And I, I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure I glanced by. I think I had it right. Kevin Slumlin, Kevin Sumlin got a better record at this point than Jimbo does that he had. The thing that did Kevin Sumlin in is because he kept giving, they kept collapsing in the second half of the season. And he couldn't beat LSU. He's two games better than Jimbo Fisher at this time. It ain't, this ain't like Jimbo's second year. This is his third year. And he ran a lot of smack this offseason. And his, and his alumni did too. They're paying him a pretty penny. But to have those comments off of a loss of South Carolina, there's no excuse. There's no excuse. Jimbo did Florida State wrong on the way out, dogged their facilities, backstabbed them while he was with the, with, with the long money in Texas, with the, uh, with the old money, the oil money out here at College State in the ag country, doing a deal. And that's your response. Like, I've been light on him for the last year or so because I'm like, hey, man, he just got to find a quarterback. He got to find a quarterback. They look like they've taken a step back from last year. And they didn't have that many guys shake the hands of Goodell last April. Let's keep that. They, they, they ain't no Georgia. They ain't no Alabama. There weren't a bunch of guys they've lost. I've heard a lot of talk about this number one recruiting class coming or whatever the one that Saban's Aid pretty much bought. Let me tell you something, man. I don't know what that buyout is. I'll guarantee you it's huge. He's underachieving. Just chew on that, Texas A&M alumni, because I know some of y'all used to talk. Oh, Calvin just said, no, nah, man, hot garbage. Kevin Sumlin. His half afro and sun visor and all is two games better than Jimbo. And I guarantee you they're in two different tax brackets walking the same sideline. 
You cannot have. If I'm an AM alumni, I'm a donor to that program. I'm offended by Jimbo's comments. You, you I mean who the hell did we just play? Did we play the number one team in the country? No, you play South Carolina. Okay. I probably ain't really watched a South Carolina game unless they've had to play it or since damn now Steve Spurry was on the sideline. That's embarrassing, AM. Dust those comments. But this is the guy that was looking for a camera. Oh, some of these guys just full of themselves. They're narcissists. Somebody need to tell him something. How many losses AM got on the year? What is that? Three? Three or four? Bad, man. Bad. Four. That's four. Oh, come on. That's unacceptable. That's unacceptable. I'll keep saying this. There's a lot of guys getting paid like that guy in Tuscaloosa, and they ain't delivering. They got paid. It's almost like the Tiger Woods effect. Guys just getting the $8 million second place checks and everything because Tiger and the TV ratings. And I like Jimbo, man. I liked him. I liked him at Florida State, but come on. Come on. And I got a, before we move into the NFL, I got another message to a couple, another college program as well, too. And the college in general, just what I witnessed over this weekend that I think it's time to put a kibosh on or a pause on. It's just ridiculous. 1 800 707. 976. You listen to the sports grind. Today's show is being presented by Dosekis. We are broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing. Bartlett's been the one and twos. We'll be back. Are you ready for a real cocktail? Then crack open a great tasting Zing Zang ready to drink cocktail. Like our Bloody Mary with vodka in a can. It's full strength with 9% alcohol and America's number one Bloody Mary mix. Or try our mango margarita crafted with silver tequila and real mango puree. Unlike those hard seltzers, each can is made with premium spirits and real ingredients. Just like a bartender made it for you. Zing Zang. Always bold, always ready. Go to ZingZang.com to find where to buy. Please Zing Zang responsibly. Official sponsor of the Sports Cry. Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Tai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Tai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special nam and seafood lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Tai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. Are you moving around the greater San Antonio area? Choose the storage experts. Tiger Moving and Storage. Whether you're moving an office or the whole family, Tiger Moving and Storage offers container drop-off and delivery with efficient, prompt, and cost-effective service. To learn more and to secure your portable storage container today, go to ChooseTiger.com. Tiger Moving and Storage, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. Listen up, San Antonio and Austin. Let me tell you about Stoli Vodka, our new partner. Handcrafted in Latvia, the award-winning Stoli Vodka has held the bar high for quality, combining innovation with century-old traditions to create something both refreshingly modern and exceptionally classic. Uncompromising spirit is the kind of belief that turns players into icons. 100% grain-to-glass Stoli Vodka's starting lineup includes the iconic premium cucumber, vanilla, raspberry, and blueberry. If you want to learn more, visit Stoli.com. Stoli Vodka, official sponsor. Sponsor of the sports crime. Just because the sun is setting earlier doesn't mean the fun stops sooner. Now is the perfect time to get to specs and stock up on after summer savings with fresh new releases in every category. 
Specs has Texas' largest selection of lower-priced wines, craft cocktail ingredients, and beers that'll have you raising a glass to every sunset. The biggest savings of the season are at Specs. The fun starts here. All right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing Bartlett's been the one and two. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis, broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. And this next segment is going to be sponsored by Stoli Vodka. Handcrafted in Lafayette, the award-winning Stoli Vodka has held the bar high for quality, combining innovation and century-old traditions to create something both refreshingly modern and exceptionally classic. That is Stoli Vodka, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. All right, so before we go into NFL college, a couple of notes, observations that came across my radar this weekend um, in regards to some results. Like I said, Oregon continues to roll. They really uh, put it on UCLA. I didn't see that one coming. Uh, a beat. I knew they could win the game, but really controlling that. Chip Kelly's yet to beat his former uh, university that he used to lead since he's been at UCLA. Um, that's UCLA's first. So I'm still I, I still don't know how to feel about Oregon. And maybe it's because I'm jaded in the past because what it really comes down to five. You're going to represent the Pac-12. That's it. But are you built enough to get into that final four when you hit these other teams on neutral sites? So maybe I'm wrong because I know instead that we got a new coach and a new culture. I mean, another part, part of that is, is that I still feel like Utah. Uh, you know, USC, I still feel like there's a couple of Pac-12 teams that, you know, I've got to see what they look like once they get to the Pac-12 championship. Unless they stub their toe, they look like they're probably going to get there. I mean, um, speaking of Oregon being in that Pac-12 championship game. Another observation, though, that I had to make besides some results. Um, let's talk about Clemson, who who gave Syracuse their first defeat on the season. Okay, Um you know, and and again, Syracuse, I think their defense, a lot of questions was about because the competition that they played up until then, you know, their defense was only giving up an average of like 13.9 or some points per game or something like that. And there was questions. And I think their defense, um, you know, held their own. You know, there was some uh, questionable turnovers there. You know, things kind of got a whack, you know, missed field goal. But I will tell you this. This is where the point I'm getting at with with Clemson. Because I still don't really know. I mean, I judge them on a different standard because of Debo and because they've got two national titles and they've been on a mini run here for the exceptions of their back la uh, backstep and backsliding last year after losing, you know, Sunshine and, you know, the running back and stuff like that. Are we really like if you're Clemson and you've been in the playoffs and you got two national titles and I understand how Debo, uh, Debo can be. You know, when he first got there, it was pizza. Oh, everybody's getting pizza. The whole 80, 100,000. Being Clemson, are y'all really rushing the field for beating Syracuse, man? And, and no, I don't care about the 20. I'm the one that's been telling y'all for two weeks about this ACC wind, long wind streak. That's not an excuse, man. There's certain, and this is going on too. I've seen two, like, I understand Tennessee. You know, last week, if you beat Alabama, you've lost to them 15 years in a row. And at the time, they were the number one team in the country or number two, or whatever they were when they lost that. That I can understand. Clemson, that is Syracuse, man. I don't care if it's a 26-27 game. You're not supposed to be rushing the field beating Syracuse. The Oklahoma State didn't rush the field this weekend, didn't they, after Texas? There was another school that I saw, too. I was like, you know what, This is I, I don't know if this is this young 
you know, they've been rushing the court forever in fields. That's been going around for 30, 40 some years, 50. So I'm not going to go to this generation. But I will say it's like it's part of this. Everybody gets a trophy. Like stop rushing the field. You're, you're certain programs. You're not supposed to storm the field when you beat somebody. Period. Especially Clemson. Can't happen, man. Can't happen. Act like you've been there. That's part of Debo, though. That's that whole pizza mentality. You know, let's have a pizza party stuff. That's embarrassing. That's embarrassing. Yes and no. Like, don't forget that this, like, the, the win this weekend was about the continuing the streak, the at-home streak. They're, I think right now, too, if I heard the uh, the, the uh, analysts right, they currently have the longest winning streak in college football, active right now. So it's a, it's a continuation of that as well. Pressure up against the back, and you have to, uh, you know, back against the wall, and you have to come back and, and rally and get that win against Syracuse. Yes, Syracuse. But they did it on the back of Westlake's own, you know, shout out Austin, uh, a true freshman, uh, Cade Klubnik. You, everything you just said just right now made no justification and made no sense to justify. Let me ask you it's something. It's a run, dude. No, 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 you, no, you no, no, runs. no, dude. That's your generation. Let me tell you something. Let me give you a question. I don't care what – I don't care if Carolina – I don't care if – that's like that's like Duke – under Coach K being, I don't know, in the top 10, but they beat the number one team in the country in basketball. Is Duke, are they rushing the court in Camden Yards? No, they're not because that's Duke. There are certain universities that you're supposed to act like you've been there before. Rushing the court, in my era, rushing the field of court was basically off of a big upset. No one thought it was coming. This It's getting watered down. Not only is it not safe, it's getting watered down. Like This has been something that's been going on forever. We went through a period in the last few years that you really didn't see it too much in football. But this year, in the last few weeks, you're seeing it a lot. There are certain programs that you're above that. You're above that. That's like Texas. Is, is Texas going to sit there whether they ain't been ranked or not? And they've got this schedule where they're going to be playing UTSA every other two years. They come down to the Dome, and let's say UTSA's ranked the time at, I don't know, 15 in the country, and UT's not ranked. Is UT or if they, UTSA goes up to Austin, is, is UT going to rush the field for beating UTSA? Hell no, they shouldn't. That's what I'm saying. It's ridiculous. It's getting watered down. That's above Clemson. We're talking about a team that has won two national. They've been to the final four, what, three out of four years? If not four years, they've cashed in on two national titles. They've beaten Alabama heads up twice in those finals. Some of the greatest finals matches we've seen, putting guys like Deshaun Watson to the league. These other guys, DeAndre Hopkins, the release goal. And you're rushing the field for Babers and Syracuse. There's no justification. That's, that's, that's crazy. I don't care if it's a 27th win streak of the ACC or not. That's embarrassing. It's about keeping it rolling. And, and there is something there is something for it. I mean, you're having a totally different conversation right now. This is a totally different take that, you, that you're, 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 you're coming in and ripping Clemson, not for rushing the field, but for, for falling flat against Syracuse just for their level of competition just, if, if, they, if they would have lost this weekend. Syracuse beat Clemson in 2017. When Clemson was like the number two team in the country, they beat them in the, in the Q Dome. They, they rushed the field. That's Syracuse. Syracuse ain't been a playoff team in college football since Donna McNabb was there. I'm telling you, like, we might as well move on because there's nothing you, you're not seeing, you're not understanding the concept of what I'm saying. There's certain, Alabama, they could be not ranked. They fell in the five to six. 
That's like them going, are they going to rush the field with, when they go back and they beat uh, Tennessee and they revenge it or Tennessee comes in? Let's say Tennessee, the Tennessee might win the whole thing this year. I think they're that good. Let's say if they're the preseason AP one, the one, number one team in the country and they come in back to Tuscaloosa for the rematch next year and Alabama upsets Tennessee, is Alabama rushing the field? No, they're not. Not beating Tennessee. It's not just about the win. It's about what the win means and about keeping the streak alive. Again, they're, they're backs against the no, wall. Man. No. You, you got it. You got it. I mean, you've got to celebrate that. But no, we, we can move on. No, no, no. You're just proving my point in regards to why I know that this is a this is a gap generational thing of where we're at, where everybody's got to get a trophy and their standards. It's an old saying. I come from act like you've been there before, even if you haven't, you know, even if you haven't. Like that old saying goes, fake it till you make it. Clemson has been. That they're above that. Moving on. 1-800-707-9760. All right. NFL. Dallas Cowboys get a get a win against the Detroit Lions. And Dak gets a W in his first game back as they defeat the Lions. Um, I imagine that the Lions, especially the way the game started, I thought the game was going to be close to what it ended up. But um, look, really the only thing to really ask about this game and the breakdown from this game, because really what you saw is you saw – a first half, in my opinion, of the way they were normally playing with Dak before Dak got hurt. And then somebody in the locker room or somebody said something to somebody, to Kellen Moore, to, to McCarthy, and said, hey, how did we just go 4-1? and one? And in the second half, it was a tell of, let's run the ball, let's run the ball, let's run Zeke and Pollard. It was ugly, but they got it done. And the question I have is, does Dallas – do they have enough? I mean, this has been all about the defense, the defensive line, and this and that and that. But the, the million-dollar question is, do they have enough on offense to get where they want to go, to get out of the NFC? And the question to that, the answer to that question to myself, I don't know yet. I doubt it. I doubt it. Because, I, you know, and I think Philly showed that Sunday night, last Sunday night. They're going to have to find a way. I mean, we knew that this was a young receiving core going in. We knew the exits of Amari Cooper. Uh, we knew that they, you know, basically made some decisions to let some other guys, you know, Wilson was gone. And we knew Gallup was pretty much starting the season on IR. But it, we, we knew that. But it's something in regards to the receiving core and really the, you know, outside, and I'll keep saying this, outside of the 15, 10 first plays that are scripted by Kellen Moore, I mean, to me, in my opinion, the jury's still out on them, on him. And, you know, I feel that defensive coordinator, this is a philosophy I've always had on this show, they get paid seven-figure money, too. And eventually, as a coordinator, sometimes you get they catch up to you. And, and I don't know if that's what's happened with Kellen, but I've seen some great defenses. You can have, like I said, the days of the 85 Bears and the 01 Ravens and the 16 Broncos, those days are gone because of the way the rules are set up and the way things are. You cannot, you, to, to win the whole thing, you're going to have to have health. It's whoever can stay healthier. You're going to have a little bit of luck, and you got to be able to score some type of points. You can't ride a defense all the way to the Lombardi Trophy. That's just my opinion. You used to be able to, but you can't do that anymore. And a lot of it has to do with the rules and everything are set up. But Dallas got to win. You know, I think that, you know, that kind of lets Dak exhale a little bit. He got that first one out the way. I guarantee there was probably some nerves and a little bit of pressure there. 
Um, but they got it done. It was ugly. But if you look across the landscape, you know, I know everybody wants to nitpick of certain games. Oh, it was ugly, this and that. If you look across the landscape, there's a lot of ugly NFL games is being played. Scoring is down. I mean, I think I heard this at fantasy, even if you want to go fantasy football, this is the lowest fantasy scoring average in, I think they said, like in the last 13 years of fantasy football, 15 years, since they've been keeping up really with stuff like this. In the league, I think we they played this game for over 100 years. And this is through week, we're just finishing week seven after the night, after the Bears and the Patriots game Monday night. They've played this game for over 100 years, and this is the most one-possession game finishes in league history through week through seven weeks. Now, you can angle that in parity. You can angle that into subpar play. You can angle that into a lot of average teams, bad teams, whatever you want to slice it. But I'm just saying, before we killed Dallas yesterday in regards to how ugly it was or how bad it looked, it's the landscape. It's 70-80% of the matchups on Sunday, Monday, and Thursday are being played like this. What you got, Jones? Yeah, uh, CBS Sports reporting NFL teams are scoring and are averaging 20.76 per game this season, the lowest output since 2017, the second lowest over the last 10 years. And, of course, just two years ago, the pandemic year, we saw the most offensive output. Mm. Uh, so, it, I mean, it, it could be skewed by – I mean, yes – bottom of a bottom of the last 10 years but i think that also it's just almost exaggerated by coming off of what we what we have you know seen in the nfl the last two years well it, i mean and and i didn't know all the numbers are starting to come out i mean i've been telling y'all i mean out there to participate in this i you know i've never been into really handicapping totals play i've never been a totals play handicapper but let me tell you something man if you the under is like and this was updated about a couple of weeks ago so i wonder what is the under is like at a 67 68 percent clip through week seven. I've never seen that in the National Football League. So whether you want to talk about fantasy, whether you want to talk the ugliness of these games you're sitting through on Sunday, Monday, or Thursday, or you want to talk about even the gambling on the total aspect of over-under, it's just low scoring, and there it's basically borderline three yards and a cloud of dust on most matchups in the NFL. And that has a lot to do with injuries, has a lot to do with first-year head coaches, first-time head coaches. It has a lot to do just with, you know, pretty much – bad play it has a lot to do with the cba agreement that these guys agreed to less time in the offseason they didn't want to do all this showing up mandatory stuff this is a trickle down effect i love the shield i'll defend the shield if i need to but i know personally and i know the sports public arena has spent the last decade to 15 years ripping the nba off of their play as a whole as a league now, I've always preached, I'm a defensive guy. I don't mind some of these games. I don't, you know. Now, what we witnessed on Thursday a few weeks ago, now that's not, that was just two bad, horrible offenses with, two, with, with a good defense, a, a great defense. But more, majority, it's just bad offense. But, but for the most part, I like these defensive games. There's nothing wrong with it because the, because the rules don't set up to really give us this. 1-800. 707-976. So who's on next docket for the Dallas? Who's got who got them boys got got coming? When is their bye? They haven't been on a bye yet, have they? When's their bye week coming up? So Dallas actually uh has their next game on Sunday. And mm-hmm. that they're hosting the Bears. Then they've got that bye week. Okay. And then it's McCarthy returning to the to the Packers. Mm-hmm. And you get to go through the uh Packers and Vikings on the road, then come back and host the Giants at the end of the month. Okay. Packers, Oof. nice segue. 
just problems, man. I mean, this is one of those situations to where they are going to hover around 500 most of the season. They might go on a two-game winning streak here and there, but a third year of 13 wins, it's not happening. Figured it wasn't happening. That is a bad loss to the commanders. That's a bad loss. I mean, after they got the scoop and score, the fumble or whatever it was, I thought they were about to go in there. That was enough to get it going. But I told you Friday when I brought this up, I had that game. It's a very interesting game because old Heineke, old Taylor Heineke was coming back. Threw for 300 yards against this team before. Did it. Oh, damn, they almost did it again. And they were down, too, and they fought back. And that's a loss to a eight-track coaching staff that the Washington Commanders have. There was a fans, there was a chant that broke out during that game, sell the team. And the Packers found a way to go in and lose that game. And I'm tired of listening to Aaron Rodgers' press conferences afterwards, man. Because I told y'all before we started this, he's about to get life of Tom Brady in Foxborough for 15 to 18 years. And I'll tell you the one narrative we can put a bullet in now that we're seeing the evidence with the Packers and this receiving core or whatever you want to say is that this whole narrative that Aaron really hasn't had weapons in Green Bay since he's been there, that can be put to bed. Because we're seeing the difference of losing a guy like Devontae Adams, what is doing there. Now, I'm not going to sit there as much as I think of Aaron Rodgers' character. I'm not going to sit there and say, oh, well, you know, Adams made Aaron. That's crazy. No. But. You can even see the difference between Tom Brady and even Aaron Rodgers. When Tom had to go through this for 15, 18 years, now granted he's got one of the greatest coaches of all time, he made just do. He made just do. And Aaron's body language is bad every time somebody drops a pass, every time somebody runs the wrong route. He's a bad teammate. And you know what? The way I look at it, him, his counterpart in Tampa, which I'm going to get to them and tell you, because like I said, old, old Russ, Danger Russ, or whatever you want to call him, he didn't play this week. So the, the, the rest of the media and the lightning rods that want to come out at horrible offenses and teams are struggling, you, this is the week that we can focus on these two, these 12s that I've been telling you all about. Because what we found out in that Denver game, which I'll get to, it ain't just Russ. That proved that's what I took from that other that game, and I'll get to that. But at the end of the day, Green Bay's got some problems. And LaFleur, he's never had to – it's the first time LaFleur – and I ain't talking about waiting pins and needles and jumping on G4s to go visit Aaron Rodgers. Like, are you going to stay, man? What do you want? You want me to do better? I'm talking about this is the first form of adversity, football adversity, because I don't know the man's personal life. This is the first football adversity that LaFleur has had to go to. Good luck. Because say what you want to say about the Vikings. They're five and one now. Will they hang on? I don't know. But to me, they're a better team than what I'm seeing with Green Bay. Because what Green Bay lost in the offseason, due to the money they had to shove to Aaron Rodgers, from the defensive side and Devontae Adams, roosters have come home to roost. 1-800-707-9760. You listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dosecki. We are broadcasting here from the Hazel Skyline Studios. We'll be back.